One week season. One week season, fam. Welcome back. Week four, DFS FanDuel Labs. I am Mike Johnson, your host. M Johnson 86, as I am known in the DFS and best ball streets. Excited to be with you here uh, for a fourth week. Uh, crazy to think we are uh, just about a quarter of the way through the NFL season already. Um, things fly by here, uh, but we will waste no time today. I'm going to bring in my esteemed colleague, Mr. Maximus, back from the road, back from the uh, luxurious lifestyle. Um, last week, it sounds like you were able to be uh, have a nice week on FanDuel, be profitable despite, you know, just a man of the people fighting off the groupies to, to find a way uh, to, to DFS profit. Um, good stuff. You want to share with us how your week went? Sure, sure. Yeah, back home from the road. It was a fun tour. Um, but yeah, I was in that uh, the usual tournament that we've been covering uh, so far this season. Um, and three of my five teams placed. My best team was 15th out of 524. I think it was a score of around 180 and change a lot of big, a lot of high scores, especially for FanDuel this past week. But yeah, I was really happy with the uh, the process. Uh, two of my three weeks have been profitable so far this season. So, you know, there's peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, as we all know throughout the season. But you'll definitely take the good weeks when you get them, and you hope for that one or two weeks that are month, year, or life changing you know, eventually. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Two out of three profitable weeks, you know, and I think that that's the thing. Sometimes people, you know, they get so focused on um, those huge payouts uh, and they forget that just a profitable week or even like a break even week, you know, it's nothing to sneeze at in DFS. There's um, it's a competitive field. There's a lot going on. Um, you know, the way that the payout structures are, especially if you're in uh certain contests like like breaking even is a win um a lot of times so you know the way i look at it is um you know if you're able to break even assuming you play the same each week which is kind of what i would recommend you know as far as uh, bankroll and and whatnot is um you know to be to play at a level where you can sustain it where you can play it every week and just basically viewing it as like a break even week means next week i'm playing for free you know, you don't have to deposit. You don't have to dig into into your bankroll at all. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, and that's, you kind of have to, and JM's talked a lot about that too, is you have to be willing to um, to be sustainable or to be able to, to win, you've got to play for first. But in order to play for first, you got to be willing to to lose. You got to be willing to, to make some choices, um, that you know maybe maybe a little uncomfortable from time to time. So, um, with that said, we'll dive into your uh, your lineup from this week. Uh, you were sharing it with me. We talked we talked a little bit about it, but why don't you take me through it again? This is for that same contest, that five max, uh, sixty five dollar contest on Fanduel. Uh, go ahead, share with us, uh, you know, your thoughts on this roster and how how it came together. Definitely. Um... You know, at first looking at it for a 500-person type tournament, on the face of it, it may have seemed a little on the thin side. 
with what I'm stacking, but a lot of value opened up with the unfortunate injury of one of the main receivers on the Chargers uh, in this case. But yeah, I have Justin Herbert double stacked with uh, Quentin Johnson, Johnston and uh, Donald Parham. Quentin Johnson's first round draft pick, uh, definitely a stretch the field type player, deep threat. And uh, he's going to be more involved now with the uh, Mike Williams out. And then Donald Barham amazingly is the, th has the third most red zone targets of any tight end uh, through three weeks. So, you know, he is kind of a multi tight end split with Everett, but he's definitely been the red zone guy and with his size. Uh, I could see why they're allocating him to that, which is good for touchdown purposes, which is what you're gunning for on FanDuel. So I have a Herbert Johnston Parham stack in this case, uh, running it back with, I believe, Devontae Adams. Yep. If you scroll down, yeah, a little more. Uh, Devontae goes without saying, um, although probably should watch the news on Garoppolo. I don't know the latest with his uh, with the concussion protocol with him, but regardless, Adams is a uh, is the rightful bring back. Uh, you you could were also okay with the twenty targets on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, not bad. Um, and then I feel once again now I think there's a lot of directions regarding individual team totals, especially in the late window, even though there's only three games this week. But clearly, again, you have a head and shoulders game environment. And it usually involves the Miami Dolphins, but in this case, it's the Dolphins and the Bills. So I figured I wanted to get some exposure to that game. In this case, I have Mostert, Jalen Waddell. Uh, I think the latest news with Waddell is that he practiced in full on Wednesday. So it looks like any, barring any setbacks, he'll be good to go for Sunday. And then a run back of Gabe Davis there. And then I have uh, Zach Moss, who's quietly, I don't know how under the radar he is, but he's just been crushing this year uh, for Indy. Uh, that's a pick em game at the moment, I think, but he is a home running back. Uh, Richardson will probably be back, but I like his price and I like his production so far this year. I uh, see he fits the mold of the pricing within this lineup. And then I uh, ended here with the uh, Bengals defense, which, you know, the talk's been on the offense underperforming, but the defense has actually been pretty good, I feel, this year, and they're they are on the road, but they're playing Tennessee, which is relatively a non-threatening, non-explosive offense per se. But what I do like about this lineup in the realm of making five teams is you can do a lot of mixing and matching with uh, these game with these teams and game environments. So, for instance, you could adjust this team and take Raheem Mostert and Waddle out, put in a Kane and Tyreek Hill. And then you would just have to switch up your defense and then you kind of keep the other, you know, the other pieces, or you could even do Herbert, take out um, Quentin Johnston, put in Josh Palmer. Maybe you switch to Bonte Adams for Jacoby or uh, Jacoby Myers, who's back. And uh, that would be another route you can take. So I kind of like the different, it's kind of like a block where you, you, I got the game environments that I'm interested in and with making five teams, you kind of you can mix and match different players in these game environments that, as fate would have it, seem to work out pricing wise to uh, to really expand on the initial build that uh, that we started with here. Right. Yeah. And you know, within the within the realm of this particular contest, you know, and 
it, it makes a lot of sense where you're playing uh, this five max contest. So if you feel really good about um, a couple specific situations, but like, so you've got the, the Raiders, for instance, you've got uh, Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers and Josh Jacobs. Those three account for like, I think it's like 88% of the, the touches last week on Sunday night. Um, like it's so concentrated, um, you know, but if you think the chargers are going to win, it might, you know, we don't necessarily know who, uh, which Raider for sure is going to blow up or is going to have that biggest game, but you can say with a great deal of confidence, I think, um, one of them is going to have a very, very strong game. Um, you know, it's basically going to come down to, you know, who the touchdowns flow through. Um, you know, and Adams and Myers each have a two touchdown game. Jacobs hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year, which, you know, you'd think that's going to change at some point. Um, so, you know, and JM, he used to, a few years back on OWS, we had like an always one Vikings rule because it was like, um, especially on DraftKings between Dalvin, Adam Thielen and, uh, Jefferson, uh, before that it was Diggs instead of Jefferson, like every week one of them was scoring like 25 to 30 points. Um, so it's, it's definitely like a, um, you know, we, we target game environments. We talk about that so much on one week season, um, specific game environments and how we can um, kind of try to build differently around them. Uh, you even, you talked about that Miami Buffalo game. Um, you know, I think that most lineups that want to build around this game like if they have three guys from this game they're probably going to have a quarterback you know so they're probably going to have josh allen most likely or tua um so it's it's definitely like uh um and we just saw last week jm in his winter circle pod on tuesday uh, i think it came out yesterday but uh was talking about um how we can build around the expected those you don't have to just avoid those those games where maybe there's going to be a lot of high ownership or it's like they're expected to produce well for a reason. Uh, so you don't have to just straight up avoid them. You can play them differently. So really an, an interesting way, you know, to build around that. And then I wanted you to, uh, I wanted you to, I'm going to bring back to our initial roster. I know you had had some late swap thoughts on this lineup as well. So I wanted to give you a chance to dive into that. Quick note, too, on the Raiders' side of the ball for that Chargers stack. So far, the Chargers are 27th in DVOA against the pass, and they're 32nd, dead last in the league, in uh, um, yards allowed per pass. So that's, you know, pretty telling for – especially for Adams or um, uh, Myers. Mm -hmm. But also to your point, Jacobs, you know, he's always a powder keg waiting to explode at any, you know, and then on any given week as well. And speaking of JM and OWS, you know, some of these high profile uh, focused players in the offense, one out of every four weeks, historically, you know, they're going to put up a, a tournament worthy score. And uh, that hasn't happened for Jacobs yet on the other side of that, of that thought. So, but um, yeah. And, and that's the thing you don't necessarily, you know, I brought up that concentrated aspect, but like, y y even at that, you don't need to feel like you've got to 
account for every single one of them because then it gets into you're spreading yourself so thin. So yeah, you know, it just like you're picking your spot and you're kind of concentrating it there, but it, you know, you're expanding upon that one that the Quentin Johnston um, thing, sorry, I'm cutting in on you here or not Johnston, the Donald Parham situation is that that's like wild how he's got through three games. He's got <laughs> seven targets and three touchdowns. Um, like it's wild. Cause there was actually a OWS member in uh, the inner circle chat on, on that thread on discord. He was, it was last like Thursday or Friday was talking about Parham and was basically saying he liked him because of his role. And like, it looks like that type of like in that red zone area, he's so hard to guard is, you know, just with his frame, with Herbert's accuracy, with the other weapons they have. Um, and was saying he really liked him. You know, and I kind of was like, well, first of all, I love Donald Parham. He was on the roster week 17, two years ago, my best roster ever uh, won like 200 K. And so I have nothing against him and I've had him in like dynasty leagues for years. Um, but I was like, well, he's got five targets and he's, you know, he's got a touch. He's got one touchdown. You know, he, but I mean, it looks like they're going to just keep using him there. Um, well, my know, concern is, is definitely the regression. You know, he's already got three touchdowns. So that's my intrepidation, but the price at 4,900, it just kind of fits. So this is, this is where, this is where having like an open mind is so important at this, you know, it's funny because in the past, um, or like a week ago, one of my friends who they don't really do DFS, they just always text me about, um, it's actually my wife's friend's husband and he, he'll, he texts me all these fantasy football questions all the time. And some of them are like, start sitting. I'm like, dude, I'm, you know check some rankings like you know um but he you know he inquires about my dfs stuff he's like well tradition he's like if you want anything big this year because you know usually like when i win something then my wife tells his wife and then he's like hey what you know show me the lineup um so he's like have you hit anything big i'm like no not yet whatever and he's like well what traditionally is like your best time do you have like a time that's best and it's ironic because looking historically weeks like four to seven especially um four to ten in general but four to ten specifically are like the sweet spot kind of for me and the reason i attribute it to this sorry for this long uh long monologue off of donald parham but he is a specific situation where the natural inclination is like, there's levels to this. There's locating him as like, okay, a guy who could score. Then there's the leveling where people think, okay, he's bound to regress, which is admittedly kind of the, where I was going with it last week, but also rewatching that game and knowing what I've thought about Parham for two or three years as a player, he's had setbacks due to injuries. Like, I see it as that. I don't think that that red zone role is going to regress, really, especially with the loss of Mike Williams. You know, you think of it from the standpoint of how, like, the Packers basically used to use Devontae Adams as, like, a goal line back. They would just, like, scheme these, like, two-yard passes to him. 
and he'd have like 16, 17 touchdowns. Like, I think it's in play for Parham to lead the NFL in touchdowns just because when they get down there, you know, Joshua Kelly hasn't been super effective the last couple of weeks. Austin Eckler, when he comes back, he's coming off an injury. Do they want to just pound him into the like you got a dude who's six eight and has arms for days and you got a super accurate quarterback? Why wouldn't you just keep like peppering him? And then he becomes like the focal point that defenses are putting their attention on. And that's opening up these other things instead of, you know, so I think there's actually room for his role to grow, to to stay and hold and maybe even grow because when you look at his athleticism and stuff, there's a need now. Like Quentin Johnston's a first round rookie wide receiver, but he's been playing like 20% of the snaps. So like these teams want to get that guy on the field. So, um, and I think he's like a good play here and he's still cheap because he's going to play a lot now, but for Parham, like, they might get him more involved in other parts of the field. They might, you know, what if they start using his athleticism and size as like a seam stretcher, you know, he, and he gets a couple 20 yard receptions, you know, to go with his red zone role. So, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, I digressed a little bit there um, and got off topic, but I, I think that this is that time of year where sometimes people assume that things are going to regress to what, their original assumption was on a player or situation or they're like, well, I missed on this guy when he was super cheap and he hit. So now it's too late, but really like it could still be on the way up. Um, so yeah, really interesting situation there. And just the, the psychology of that across like all players, when we're in week four, we've got three weeks of data, you know, being able to, I guess, get in the minds of the coaches. How are, because things might not regress because coaches are also evaluating what's happened and they're realigning how they're going to approach things. So if a guy has done really well for, through the first two or three weeks on limited opportunity, that opportunity might grow. So, um, and to put the cherry on, on top of your two points, ironically, I'm just looking at Gerald Everett. He has an illness, so he's actually sick at the moment, which could even make it more relevant. And Justin Herbert's his quarterback. So to your point, having a quarterback like Herbert, who I think is just revving up, he just looks sensational right now. Yeah, Yeah. those those factors will keep Parham relevant. Playing the best football of his career. You know, Kellen Moore is, um, I think, is really opening him up and and good things ahead. so yeah, do you want to do you want to dive in a bit to like uh, the late swap stuff we were talking about with this roster? So yes, in, the, in the early window, you've got Mostert, Zach Moss, Jalen Waddle, Gabe Davis, and the Bengals defense. Um, so if you wanted, we've talked about late swap on past weeks. If you wanted, you've got these four o'clock gate guys. And, you know, there's different ways we could use those four spots. So what was one of the other ways that, that you had talked about? Absolutely. Uh, you got to account for the 49ers. They have a 29-point uh, individual implied team total. Um, Brock Purdy is at a really good price right now. You could easily swap out Herbert for Purdy. You can add him with Ayuk and Kittle. 
or Debo and Kittle. Got to watch their injury statuses. I think Ayuk is kind of back on track. I'm not sure about Debo yet. But, um, you know, you could easily kind of do a double stack with Purdy and then uh, maybe a run back of Marquise Brown, who I think is priced at 6000 Really good price on him still. He's probably one of the, the few concentrated pieces for the 49ers. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, for the Cardinals. And so the 49ers definitely – a little bit of a funnel toward the pass this year so far. And Josh, Joshua Dobbs has actually played, I think, much better than people expected him to. So it's it's another situation that you could kind of switch around. Like maybe you're so one you'd of have to, Go ahead. You, you'd have to – so for a late swap approach here, so if you're late swapping, wanted to late swap this onto the Niners, so you gotta you got to choose someone here. You're going to end up having to choose between Ayuk and Kittle. So, like, what you could do is um, – well, otherwise, you're going to be 200 short. But what you could do is – we talked about that Raiders situation. So, you could have a Purdy with Kittle, Marquise Brown bring back with, with Myers filling out that last spot to take, you know, to account for uh, that Raiders situation. And that is, you know, it, the, the splits for George Kittle when Debo is out are – really really strong um this is a situation sorry to hijack you here um but it's a situation with the niners where you know debo mispractice on wednesday Ayuk was limited um it sounds like sounds like debo i wouldn't be surprised if he played but also they're home they're at home against the the cardinals like i could see it being he plays but how involved do they really want him? If they get up 17 to three, you know, they're not going to force him the ball like they were last Thursday when Ayuk was out. So those, uh, you know, those with or without Debo stats, I think are in play either way. And I think we might not get, um, we might not get information on Debo until after the early games have locked. Uh, so could be a lot of extra value in uh, going with this San Francisco route. Um, that you're talking about here. And then one other thought, the way the team was, you had $200 that you're in the minus. My thought was, so we're moving off the Chargers offense to the Niners offense. You could plug in the Chargers defense at $200 less, and then you could keep that team the way it was, how I was initially explaining it when we were kind of switching over to the 49ers. So you didn't, you, so you're moving off the Chargers offense. The Raiders may not have Garoppolo. They may have, uh, you know, one of their, their backup. It's in Los Angeles. Well, it's in Chargers home. And so that's mm -hmm. another way to do it. And then I think that would, I think 3,900. So I think that, yeah, that would get you to. Uh, yep. That, you, that just, you just have to do one of two things. You'd either have to um, start with the Chargers or a different 3,900 or less um, 4 p.m. Uh, defense, you know, or. You know, you could just build both rosters within your roster block. You know, of those those five rosters you're building. With five teams. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you, uh, you know, or if you were only doing one, if if you were, um, you know, this is would be an option. Like if you're not totally married to that Bengals defense, you know, you could start with a different um, thirty nine hundred defense or less. So really, any of them. You know, any cheap late defense, mm -hmm. and. Let's say you started with the Patriots. Again, this is just, you know, an exercise. 
So you could start with the Patriots defense, and now you have the option of how do you want to play this late game? Do you want to play this Purdy, Ayu, Kittle, Marquise Brown? Um, and you have that option to, to be built like it, but it's also, you know, or I guess you could do, yeah, Chargers. So a defense. Say we built like this to start. You would have the option to switch to that, the Herbert build, and you can just find a different defense. You can, then you can just go to, uh, I guess it would probably have to be the Patriots for the among the late late swap defenses. So like that would be a build. You have that core of Mostair, Waddle, uh, Zach Moss, um, and Gabe Davis. So you have that core four players. Um, but then you have two different. So let let's say you have this lineup. You can do, and then Debo Samuel news comes out. You know. 45 minutes before he's going to play, he's full go, you know, then, Oh shoot. Maybe I don't want to have this build. Maybe I don't, you know, may, or maybe you've totally hit the nuts. And when push comes to shove, you're more confident in the chargers. And this, this initial core has hit the nuts. Well, you could swap onto that chargers if that's the one you're more confident in. So um, you know, it, just a lot of optionality. And we've kind of talked about this on past weeks is um, the late swap. I guess having a plan ahead of time is the most critical thing instead of just minutes before lock going through and like randomly clicking which guys are available. Because that's the other thing with uh, FanDuel. It doesn't, when you go to late swap, it doesn't like remove the guys who have already played. So you got to scroll through everybody. Yeah. Like it doesn't have, um, which is kind of annoying, but it's also like, to me, it's an edge because it makes it more difficult, which makes it so that less people do it. So um, I'm willing to deal with those user interface type things uh, when they benefit me by other people not utilizing it. I also like, again, and I had a lot of them last week, I know, and there were only one percent owned. I saw in my in the tournament. I was in the Texans defense. They've they've really been overachieving this year, and I think I had spoken last week how for some reason they give they've been really good against Trevor Lawrence historically in the last couple of years that they've played him. Now, obviously, the Bills were the nuts defense last week, but um, they're still priced so cheap. If you wanted to go one o'clock on defense, you know Pittsburgh's still trying to find themselves. I think and. The Texans' defense has definitely been overachieving. I think when anybody expected out of them. Yeah, and you, you know, you, and you know, I'm glad you touched on that because they stood out to me as well. And the interesting thing to me is, so the Steelers have played three games, right? Okay, I'll pull up. I had them up just a second ago. They've played three games. The last two games, they played the. Uh, Raiders defense, who like Pittsburgh did fine against them. Uh, the week before that, Cleveland's defense, which is very good defense, really shut them down. Uh, they only won that game because Watson had the they had the two turnovers leading to defensive scores. Um, but then in week one, they played the 49ers defense, and they couldn't like they couldn't move the ball at all. Like they were completely stifled. Now, granted, the 49ers have better personnel than 
the Texans, but who is the Houston Texans head coach? Exactly. 49ers. Former defensive coordinator for the 49ers. So obviously, philosophically, like going to line up exactly, going to be able to identify the calls, the strat, the philosophy, the game plan, exactly what they did against the Steelers team. And the Steelers are now without Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, uh, mispractice. Um, you know, Najee Harris hasn't looked good. So granted, they don't have the same personnel as the 49ers, but for a cheap defense, that's going to be sub 5%. When we literally saw the exact same defense philosophically just absolutely destroy them three weeks ago. Like those are the types of things that you can learn from the first few weeks. And if you can kind of connect the dots um, and that's where not to, you know, shameless self-promotion here, but at one week season, like we do uh, the team previews in the off season with our best ball product. Uh, we, we dig into all the coaching changes philosophically, how teams are going to look, how they're going to match up what their style will be, um, where did this coach come from? Those types of things are so valuable when you get to this point in the season because you can make those connections. So a little shameless self-promotion um, there, but you know, it's those little, little connections that can make a big difference. Well, to elaborate on your point, it's funny you would bring up team previews. In preparation for me constructing on the – Dolphins Bills game. I actually reread the team previews of both teams. And even this morning before we were setting up here, it kind of, you know, a lot of talk about Shakir, who's so cheap right now uh, in that Bills offense as far as how they use him. And it was interesting to read the team previews again because it's giving me new thoughts for, you know, different teams to maybe play around with with the Josh Allen stack, maybe. You could actually stack Allen with Shakir and Dalton Kincaid who they're using as a wide receiver pretty much, whereas Dawson Knox is more traditional tight end usage. And uh, I think they're just going to keep blossoming those two guys as they work them more into the to the offensive scheme. And the, who knows, it could happen this week, and they'll probably need them this week because of the Dolphins' firepower, potentially. So, yeah, but I got all that from reading rereading the team previews on OWS, guys. Non-shameless plug. <laughs> Definitely uh, the team previews, definitely read them and reread them if or when you have the time to. So, Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, I guess anything else you want to add with, with these builds, with this roster? Any other thoughts for this week before we go? I think that's it for now. We got to see how some injury news shakes out and obviously late news and make sure we know uh, who's in and who's out. But overall, I'm, I'm very uh, excited, looking forward to uh, this week, especially the NFL Edge write-ups on OWS. And you're also, guys, I'll, I'll say it for them always, the FanDuel focus write-up from Mike is always golden. I always want to make sure that I notice that before I finalize my teams uh, before kickoff. And he has a FanDuel course as well that you can, you can purchase on the OWS site. So uh, that's steered you know, specifically for FanDuel. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I hope you have a great week as well, of course. Very good. Thank you, as always, Maximus. Thank you, OWS fam, for joining us. Anyone new, uh, go check out the site, oneweekseason.com. Uh, get a OWS free membership. You can read all the NFL Edge write-ups. 
check us out. We've got the Bink machine. Our optimizer is uh, really cool, really fun to toy around with. I am not an optimizer guy, but I've been getting into it. Very easy to use. Very, uh, you know, if you're an MME guy or even uh, single entry three max guy and you want to build, you know, see different builds and kind of choose from there and then adjust from it. It's, it's just very valuable and really cool to toy around with. So a uh, lot of great stuff going on on the site. Uh, our Binks channel has been popping the last couple of weeks. So we will look to continue that this week. Thank you again. We will see you in week five with our tournament winning lineup reviews. Right, Maximus? Absolutely. Good luck, everyone. All right. See ya. One week season.